What is going on, y'all? How are y'all doing today? I'm Mr. G. I'm Agent Nick. I'm the Bishop. And welcome to the Nexus Podcast, where we bring together all the media that you love, where we talk about Buffy, Xena, Game of Thrones, and more, with Charmed always being the heart and center of what we do. Okay, y'all. So we are here today to discuss the episode Dream Sorcerer, season one, episode five of Charm. Now, I found this cute little description and the description reads, Prue finds her sleep disturbed by strange dreams in which she is stalked and taunted by a wheelchair bound man who is actually a sleep researcher named Whitaker Berman. Oh, Whitaker Berman, yeah. He kills women who he feels scorned him by visiting them in their dreams where he has absolute power. So y'all, let me let me just ask you this question. Let me just ask you the question. How did y'all feel about him as a villain in this episode? Oh, it's um, complicated. Oh, I go back and forth with him. Like, he wasn't the best, but he also wasn't the worst. He just was kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the, 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 the special victims unit of it all was another oh. layer of it that really bothered me because, like, the women reject you, so you go into their dreams and kill them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, indic- yeah. it's indicative of a larger conversation about the male ego, but we won't get into all that tonight. And it's also kind of a little uh, well, I can't speak for like the ablest, the disabled community, but it seems a little offensive, like you know, this guy got bound to a wheelchair and then he became a murderer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he perceived that women didn't like him because he was in a wheelchair I literally wrote in my notes this is insane like I just wrote the phrase this is insane because <laughs> when he went in Sky's dream and was like you turned me away so now you gotta pay the price I was like are you are you okay like it, it, it I mean it was genuinely I forgot about that line and I don't even know how the conversation wasn't had at some point in the episode about how fragile men can like men's egos can be because it was just right there because I just thought Mm -hmm. whoever wrote that dialogue they had to have had a bigger picture in their head and I don't know why but like when he this is a, a very small moment that I don't actually think meant anything but I I don't know why it made me like feel something, but I don't know what it felt when he sent the drink to Prue and then she sent it back and he, the girl was like, you know, Oh, you know, I'm sorry. She says she's seeing someone. Da, da, da. And he looks at her and he's like, well, what about you? I was like, treating her like a second choice and then getting oh, she's, a she's a consolation it's like i feel like that's the equivalent of someone who calls like a sex hotline and then they can't reach anybody so they call the op- they get in contact with the operator and then they're like well your voice sounds nice like it was given that i thought that that was so crazy and then when he like when he was like trying to flirt with her and then he scooted the wheelchair back and it made that little noise noise and I was confused at what the scene was trying to tell me because it almost felt like he was trying to like I I feel really strange saying this 
it almost felt like the scene was trying to tell us that he was trying to gloat being in a wheelchair. I don't, I don't know how to describe what it, but the way he did it. So he's like, so what about you? And then he like starts backing up and he's like, you want to go out with me sometime? And I was like, what you know, was that moment supposed to be? Well, it was supposed to show that uh, she was disgusted by him being in a wheelchair, which is problematic in his own right. Mm. Uh, and then they reinforced that in her dream. When she was uh, like, when, you oh, you can walk. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, he was and he the drink from her from her ankle. Could you see he was she in the you she couldn't, couldn't tell, tell where Prue was sitting. So it had nothing to yeah. do with his chair. It was so it, it was, was so strange. It it was like the way they set it up. I understand that they wanted him. He he was the villain, but the way I didn't even catch that they were trying to make her be disgusted by that because it was such a strange way for him to display himself, if that makes any sense. Like, I was so yeah. caught off guard by that. I didn't even catch, like, her reaction. And it felt like, even in her dream, when they were like, when she was like, oh, you can walk, it felt more kind of like, girl, what's going on? Because I thought you were in a wheelchair. As opposed to like, oh my god, you can walk. I just think they, I don't know, maybe it was the way the actors played the scene, but I think, too, another reason that he kind of gets on my nerves is because number one, the character was enjoying it just a little too much. And then number two, the actor was kind of playing him like a 1950s villain. Like he was in the movie, like, oh, I've got you now. Like it was, it, it was, it was. Well, his acting skills aren't anything to write home about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because he was in the Fast and the Furious. Films, like the first one and uh and fast five. Oh, what did he do? Yeah. Uh he he played Vince, who was like part of Don's gang, and he died in Fast Five. And yeah, his acting was kind of bad. Bless mm -hmm. it. I I definitely think that added to some of the the characters already unlikable, I feel like by nature, like just by design. Yeah. And then I think the way he portrayed him made it 10 times worse because he was yeah. very, very creepy um, and almost laughable at certain points. Like when Prue was in the bathtub and he's like putting on the leather glove and I was like, what are we doing? Because you're in her dream. Are you leaving fingerprints? <laughs> like it, anyway, anyway. So, I think we're all pretty much in agreement that he wasn't... I'm not going to say that he wasn't a great villain. I think there's just... I mean, well, he did end up killing someone, so he gets some points for that, villain-wise. That's true. And in a unique way. That is true. It's true. I, I, I kind of wish that he had came like, before episode five. I feel like he would have been better served than, like, one of episode two or three. And we could have been past a character like him by now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they I think they should have emphasized maybe a little bit more too that he was human. Yeah. Because you know, not not for nothing, my girl killed a human. <laughs> yeah. She didn't just vanquish a demon, she killed a human. A One human. of many, but 
And it's but, weird yeah. because it's like it was a necessity because there really kind of was no other way around it with with the way he was. Like he was one of those people that was gonna like keep coming back or try to find a different way. So it's like I get it, but it's I think for them to have done a human is the villain episode that early should have been a well villain. actually well actually back to back because the previous episode had a human villain as well. And so to do two Back to back was kind of strange. That is true. I didn't even think about that. That is true. That is a very good. I forgot about that. That is true. They got them out here killing people. They were cutting up. See, it is okay. So this frustrates me a little bit in the moment because you know, moving forward just a little, little bit, and by a little bit, I mean into the series. You know, we had the whole Billy and Christy arc and the whole thing is that they're human. And so it's like, for that to be such a huge plot point later on, you would think in the very beginning when they weren't even sure what their powers were, who they were as witches, anything like that, you would think it would be a huge thing that they were human. But it kind of was part of the episode. That is interesting. Yeah, they really like, mentioned. Like there was, and there was no conversation about him being human. Mm-mm. You know, after like what's the consequence? Yeah, because mm-hmm. like, uh, Piper and Phoebe had a com- had like a little conversation about how he might be human, but that was interrupted, and then you know, Prue ended up killing him, and that was it. Like, because it almost feels like a course of action that they could have taken was yeah. your classic, like, we found his house, we destroy his machine, you know, and then mm-hmm. he tries to attack one of them, and then you go from there. Which, I mean, mm-hmm. it still works, I think, the way it it unfolded, but it I feel like there just should have been an extra layer. Like, it shouldn't have been season two, and Prue was like, I've never killed a human before. Because yeah. you have. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she had to have known, if not then, after, because Andy would have told her mm-hmm. that, oh yeah, like we found such and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was already dead. And like, they was about to arrest him, so the problem was about to be over. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> but she like she beat him too. She She's having to kill him. <laughs> like she didn't have to kill him. Prue said, "Baby, listen, <laughs> y'all got a solution, and so do I." She's and, and, and we'll see who enacted first, <laughs> and it was her. She said, "And mine gonna be a little bit more permanent than y'all." So uh-huh. <laughs> he won't hurt another woman in her dreams. I tell you that much. That part. Right. That part. If he I will, he won't be having dreams anymore. He won't even have his own dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do y'all feel about this being the first time that Prue, you know, basically kills a human and they just sort of move past it? I really, I just really wish there was that conversation afterwards just to see like how she felt about that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Just to kind of follow up, and I think especially with them being so new to it, 
I think that would have been a good moment to reflect on the fact that they have to fight more than just demons. Like, right. sometimes, especially because, I mean, this is a new-ish supernatural show because you can kind of get away with um, Yama, right? Because he was mm-hmm. an otherworldly being. And then you got Mark the Ghost and we're, we're trying to solve a murder. So that's kind of like the overall plot. And then the human villain is sort of like almost not tertiary but at least secondary to you know he's a part of the main thing but the magic is still like at the forefront but this one is just straight up human doing human things and he just so happened to be able to like find a way to get into people's subconscious like this was (sighs) i think it definitely would have been a good part of the episode so yeah, they kind of dropped the ball because I know it's supernatural in their first season they did an episode uh where they found out that the that the villains that they were after were human. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh like the lesson of it was that humans can be just as bad as the monsters. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Can we can we talk about the fact that Andy had the whole thing figured out though? Hey, from like yeah. the first minute, like and as it soon blew as my mind. There, soon as they went in there, and he was like, "All her bones been crushed or whatever," or she looked like he was like, "Yeah, this ain't right." He was like, "Nah, this ain't right, bro." Like he is immediately knew something was up. I was kind of shook because I mean I'm not yeah. stopping nothing, but Andy really had, he was like no he did it and Daryl was like are you sure how do you know I know because I know he did it yeah wake him up wake him up now <laughs> yeah I know because my girlfriend's sister used to freeze me all the time and then she would disappear and her grandma would be there <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I know like it, it, it was giving, it was giving very much do as I say, not as I do. And I'm, I know I'm gonna be acting a little crazy right now, but I'm telling you, bring him out of this so I can. Like Andy said, baby, and it, was, case. it was crazy. Is when you look at it and you see how quickly Andy's putting together the freaky dinky cases, you kind of see how he's on a cor- a crash course for like death. You can kind of see it because yeah. he's poking his head in places mm-hmm. he's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're gonna get yeah, yourself also, killed. Yeah, it's also funny to me uh, when they, you know, they found uh, the dream sorcerer dead, and and Daryl's like, "I never doubt you again." Okay, what did you see that proved <laughs> Andy's point? <laughs> Not a dead man. <laughs> and it's funny well, there was. I'll never doubt you again. And then later on, when they tell you they're witches, you're like, I, I <laughs> like all the kids saw that man bugged his eyes out, and then he died. That's right. That's it. That's all that happened. That's all that happened. And it's like it is. It's fun going back watching these episodes because I truly forget sometimes. Daryl was a day one. Like he wasn't just some throwaway character that came in mm-hmm. in like season two to replace Andy and then we formed a connection with him. Daryl truly was there. Like literally the first yeah. episode. And yeah. is to see him, I think, 
juxtaposed to Andy, who is already kind of open to the supernatural, but then Daryl is the one that's like, uh-uh, you just making this up. I don't know. I can't explain it. You can't explain it. And we're not going to try to explain it. But later on, I think he still keeps that same attitude where it's like, I'm involved in it now, but I'm going to stay as far out of it as I possibly can. Don't tell me too much, but I got you. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to watch him go. I say fun, but seeing him now be like the skeptical partner who is not really vibing with all of this and then knowing later on like how he helps them and you know he they call him when they need something is it, it's 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 a cool evolution to think about and i can't wait to actually watch it unfold yeah yeah I wonder, like, what his character trajectory would have been if Andy hadn't died. Mm, do you think they would have eventually yeah. written him out? Uh, well, I don't know if they would have written him out, but uh, like, I don't think he would have found out their secret that early. Mm, mm hmm. Because mm -hmm. he kind of had to take over, like, Andy's part. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Andy probably would have got some kind of promotion, and so would Daryl. But I feel like Andy probably would have ended up being in charge at one point. But I do feel like the the, the run-ins with the Hallowells probably would have cost him his job eventually. Either way, oh yeah, yeah, because you can't you can't keep being an inspector or detective, and and your girlfriend is out here tied to all these freaky cases. It just don't make sense. Yeah, right. Every time something strange happens, your girlfriend pops up and she's on the scene. And then next thing you know, when things get resolved, there she is. And what I do like about Charm in this first season, what I do appreciate is how their witchness kind of inner kind of you know crosses paths with police. Because yeah. what I think about sometimes when, especially when I watch them, is like witches back in the old days really could move in secret like you know they they could move in the dark they could move at night you know stuff like that and you know the police might come around and be like oh that's something strange afoot you know but in the 90s i feel like it's a little bit harder because everything is more connected and you know there's alarms and there's this then you know things can automatically let the police know that, that something is amiss and people have phones now so it's not like the police have to patrol at night and you know you can figure out their roots and stuff like that. You, I mean, like, you could get caught really at any moment. And so them being witches and protecting innocence in this in this day and age and, you know, even at that time is completely different than what, you know, like their ancestors had to deal with. So it's it's good to kind of see that it's not just like, the police don't don't have any idea what's going on and then they just let it go like their activities are you know intercepting intersecting yeah no that's a weird observation to make but no not really because i mean you know we I, well, I can say for me i grew up you know tail end of the 80s into the 90s so really everything was everywhere it really wasn't like i grew up with people who claimed they were quote unquote witches um and they told everybody so like it wasn't even a secret it was just kind of like hey i'm into witchcraft and people were looking at them like 
you know, that's dark sided. Excuse me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's, yeah. it's looked at differently today. I grew up, it was very, very demonic and religious oh, family as it is. Definitely. Yeah. But this, uh, yeah, I'm going to think about how uh, Phoebe really was just telling anyone that she was a witch. And she did. <laughs> <laughs> like, she used it to get that job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you when she whispers in the main ear, she's like, I'm not an angel. I'm a witch. And it's like, it's funny because we know that she's for real, but I can imagine mm -hmm. that being like, especially that black man being like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have to know oh, about yeah. that. Because, like, not for nothing. Like, I know you're joking, but you're telling people that you're a witch. What if somebody believes you? Mm hmm. Right. Mm hmm. Or what if, you know, he was a demon in disguise and now you have randomly told him that you're a witch and he's like, Hmm, well, if you're really a witch, let me go find out. And then he attacks you in an alleyway. And it's like, this is before Phoebe was, you know, boxing. So, right. You know, I mean, well, then again, my girl did have some good instincts because this was back in the cut back when she would just run. She listened, she saw danger and she would get up out of there. Yeah, she'd get on that bike and go. Not the bike. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I love about Wait. the job in the episode. When she realized that um when she got that vision and she I mean she threw that stuff down and she jumped in that van and she left. Uh, oh, and when she walked into Quake, you know, like she owned the place in that dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a moment for the history book. Mm-hmm. She looked so she looked so good. I said, yes, ma'am. Like, I couldn't even blame the guy for going up to her. Oh, my God. And speaking of that man, if, listen, Phoebe said she might be a lot of things, but she, one thing she's not is about to mess with somebody ugly. That man was so fine. And he was like a thousand feet tall. And those shoulders and that chest and that back. I was like, girl, <laughs> okay. I said, you know what, my girl got. But then, what's weird is he kind of looked like Clay. Oh, I wonder if that was like a subconscious thing. Mm hmm. Like mm -hmm. she was picturing him when she said the spell, and it kind of like drew someone that looks like him to her. Mm hmm. That's a good point. And, you know, speaking of subconscious, when the dream sorcerer. Uh, tried to drown Prue in the bathtub. I wonder if that's because he could see that she was afraid of drowning. Uh, oh, that is a good. Because I was like, that's a good question. Like, if that was their intention, was to have him try to do that because of because of that fear. Then I was like, look at Charm trying to set stuff up early. Look at them actually having a vision for what they were trying to do. How about yeah. that? But I, even I, though it was probably just a coincidence, or I really feel like coincidence. it was a coincidence. I really it was a coincidence. It, it, it they was. didn't. They didn't have the range to think that long. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Because it was like after she, he's taunting her about Patty, and it was like the the scene caught me that off guard. I was like, oh, he's taunting her about Patty, and then next thing you know. He's drunk. I said, "Okay, charm," but no, man. I'm, I'm like you. I think it was just pure coincidence. Yeah. 
something that happened by accident that we can tie up with because we have brains that work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just making episodes up as they went. I, right. And then, but the production order was different for the first season, right? Like some of the episodes were yeah. out of sequence of when they aired. Yeah. So I would have used that to my advantage, but that's and you can you can kind of tell when you watch it. Although I wonder, I don't know what the exact order is, but you can kind of tell by looking at like the hair in some episodes. It's like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, clothes wise, I think my, my, my I dropped out for a second, but Phoebe really did look good this episode. She I'm did. gonna give it to her. She was eating. She did. Yeah. Until the very was, end, when she borrowed Piper's clothes, that mm-hmm. last dress, I said, "So you did it. You did it all episode, and now you come up in here looking like a librarian." Got it. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a time I don't know what scene it is. I don't know if it's in the kitchen or if she's walking in the quake. But there's a scene somewhere, and I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Because Phoebe just ate everybody up, and all she did was walk in the room when she was eating a cereal. When she walked in, when Piper that top. <laughs> That top she had on was killing it. Mm-hmm. And she just walked in the room. Just if if that's the thing you're talking about, like even it, I mean, but she just walked in. And it was like, mm, let me get up out of here, child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Prue, I feel like I feel like Prue's wardrobe this episode was very like basic. It it I if this is how this Prue dresses, I would love to see how the evil universe is Prue dressed first season because I feel like they wore the same clothes. I feel like they wore the exact same clothes for some reason. I wrote a note that said elementary school librarian. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was giving me because she loved the nice little dress with like a, a, a suit top over it, like a little blazer, her and Piper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please, please put something on. This was to be in their 20s and they dressed like their school nurse. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Right. It it was I mean it is the way they dress I'm like but, Girl. but you know what there there was kind of like that 90s style because they used to dress like that in Buffy too. Oh they did. And but okay, so here's what's fun about Buffy, right? Buffy dressed the character of Buffy dressed like she had money. Like you would you would think that she was like on Cordelia's level of the money. Yeah. And I mean, she was always very fashionable, very fashion forward. Even when, even like on her least cute days, she was eating everybody up. And then yeah. you have Willow that I get they were going for quirky friend, but the way Willow dressed. Oh my goodness. I, I just wouldn't have worn it. I, I think I would have quit the <laughs> if they come up with half of the stuff that they had that woman wearing. And, and like yeah, <laughs> she dressed like Piper and Prue. Yeah. Just more cartoonish. Just more like yeah. <laughs> like the child version. But you know what? What's funny is that even the child versions of them dressed better than Willow. Yeah. Even when Piper had on those overalls talking about what he said tell, like she was still eating Willow up. Yeah, and like when you found like when you found out like uh like her parents didn't really care about her, mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah, I know because mm-hmm. no parents 
no mother <laughs> will let their daughter out of the house to go to high school dressed like that. <laughs> Even the most religious mother would not let their child out the house looking like that. Not carrying a dirty pillow. <laughs> <laughs> like we could find you <laughs> like a Christian dress that looks better than this that can, that can cover your knees. Listen, I can get Candy yeah. Cameron Beret on the phone right now and she can find you something that looks 10 times better than what you got on. Right. It, it was, it's, it's just, and then you go back and you watch it and Xander's always wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. But, I mean, the character Xander could burn in eternal hellfire and so I don't really Oh, care. okay. Oh, when I tell you people hate Xander. Is that the one? Is that the one that had the blonde hair? No. Who is that? Spike? Uh, Who's the blonde hair? That's Spike. Spike, okay. but Spike you know, comes I, later on. Mm-hmm. And didn't what you call uh, Willow's boyfriend? Did he go through a phase yes, where he had Oz like the prostitute? Yes, yeah. Oz was blonde for a little while. Yes. Child, I, Xander, I don't even think there's a character on Charm that I hate as much as I hate Xander. The closest no. I probably get is like Christy. And I am going to say this on the record. I think I like Christy compared to Xander. I think they compare to Xander. Christy is I'm my. I think if there's anybody on Xena that you might hate that much. Oh my God. Kalisto, mm, maybe? But I don't know if you'd hate her. I think you may. I mean, you'd hate her, but I, I, you also pity her a little bit. Mm hmm. <laughs> I love yeah. I love a character that you can like hate with a deep passion and it's never gonna change. That's me with a lot of people on TV. Like Meredith Gray. I'm never gonna like her. <laughs> um, yeah, but... When I think of Game of Thrones, I'm never going to like the 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 twin lovers. I'm never gonna like them. It's never gonna happen. Yeah. But see in those cases, there's like uh intentionality to it like yeah but xander like like i think he's supposed to be one of those characters that that you like because he's supposed to be like that uh quirky sarcastic yeah yeah uh maybe smart guy yeah it just, <laughs> you're supposed yeah like james is saying i mean he's absolutely right you're supposed to hate cersei but I, Xander, I think, is the one you're actually supposed to find the most relatable. And I think you're supposed yeah. to like be rooting for him actively when he does stuff like get mad at Buffy because she won't go out with him. And then has like a big yeah. deal and like starts reading her. And I'm like, <laughs> just kill it before it dies. <laughs> yeah. And then he strings Willow alone. Mm-hmm. And then he messes over Cordit. Yeah. I just... Okay. I need therapy. Oh, and Anya. Like, he, yes. Yeah. Yes, He's... for seasons. For seasons, she is just his little lap dog. And, you know, this is kind of a, an unpopular opinion, but the character of Anya kind of served I don't me. like her, really. <laughs> I feel like I don't I, I I mean I like Anya because she's funny but I don't like Anya as a character like I like Anya because she is funny and she has insightful moments but 
the character could I remember one time I said the character could have not been on the show after like season three or four and it wouldn't have changed and somebody was like she was their in-house demonologist she knew about demons because she was one so a lot would have changed and I was like baby no I don't think you Giles was their their Uh expert on demons Uh uh-huh and the thing is is like if the character wasn't there guess what they still would have got the information they just would have got but you brought up a good point uh like she shouldn't have been there that long because at, at a certain point her little gimmick got tired okay you've been living among humans for too long to not know anything about them at this point mm-hmm. 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 it's season six and we're still listening to Anya talk about money it's season seven and we still listening to her talk about bunnies I just I can't like I don't have <laughs> the capacity for what they were trying to give us and it just it, and it makes it worse because she was supposed to be Cordelia's replacement. Huh? Yeah. She what? Yeah. That's she why was she became Cordelia. Yeah, that's why she became a uh, a main character in season four, and that's why you know she has those little those little quips. She's supposed to. You know, like, be funny in the way that Cordelia was. And, you know, kind of like living in her own reality. But, you know, Cordelia left big shoes. And Anya, she just, you don't compare what you don't compete. Cordelia he left he behind Louis Vuitton. Cordelia left behind Louis Vuitton. And Anya was Skechers. There, right. There's, that's that's there's being no, nice. That, that's, that's being nice. That's being very nice. If you had told, yeah. I never knew that. I think I, I never knew that, and I never would have thought that. But not because I can kind of see it now that you said that, because I can see the similarity. But yeah. Cordelia, at least, was a person first and foremost, and it didn't have anything about being like human. But she was a character, and she yeah. Was, was fleshed out she had a history she had a life outside of what Mm -hmm. was going on Mm -hmm. Anya was so gross yeah Anya was a device oh Jesus okay my blood pressure uh oh oh y'all woke up now y'all activated him now because Joss Whedon is already Uh gone for everything he's done but now that I know this I'm going to make sure he pays because no. Did you say Joss Whedon or did you say Jocelyn? Whoever, yeah. Joss Whedon. Joss Joss Whedon. Whedon. Both of them. It sounded like you said Joss like you said Jocelyn. And I said, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. wow. She can pay too. She can, yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm I am right now. Uh, I mean, you know, as someone who never really watched the show, I was also listening to the young woman who played the seer, talk about some of her experience and reading the timeline. And it seems like, because you know, not really, didn't really watch, it seems like he wasn't really a nice person. No, she, Mr. he Weaver. fired her because she got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Excuse me? Yeah. And killed her off. I didn't, her, I didn't know that. Did he ask her if she was going to keep it? Yeah. Oh, I know you're lying to me. I know you fucking lying yeah. to me. 
did. He, he either like, asked her, he either asked her if he's gonna keep it or like insinuated that she shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I'm about to keep. Only thing I'm about to keep is myself from kicking your ass. Excuse me. And and I'm assuming she was. I mean, I, was she somebody that was popular or well liked on the show? So I don't like, know. You know, I'm 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 totally oblivious when it comes to Buffy universe. Oh, you're asking if Cordelia was liked on the show or? Because it seems like the oh. people that I see talking about it seem to really really enjoy her. So they share oh. her experience a lot. And I'm thinking, damn, it was that bad. If you're like someone the fans like and they treat you like shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's probably like one of the most popular characters on both shows. Yes. People were pissed uh, about, to this day, pissed about uh, what happened with her on Angel. Yeah, because I'm not even going to lie. Cordelia's my fave from the whole franchise. Like I love me some Cordy. I love I love the character, and I love a I love a good complex character. I love mm-hmm. one that has layers to them that you can be like, I hated that character at first, and then they did this, and she's yeah. one of those characters that I think really really thrived when she got away from that main cast and could kind of carve her own place. Uh, into, you know, Angel and yeah. scoot her over. Yeah, because she was based. She was the second lead on Angel, mm-hmm. and yeah, she really got. Yeah, and hey, and who ended up falling in love with her? Mm-hmm. Angel. That part, her. Oh, and I hate that they ruined <laughs> that. Like, like at first I was like, "Huh, they shouldn't do this," but they like they really sold it, and by the time that they really was able to act on it, Josh Whedon and his demon self mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. ruined it mm-hmm. when they sent my girl to heaven and she had that blonde mop I said okay oh yeah right. It look, it's like it looked cute-ish a cute adjacent but then it was like soccer mom I, I, yeah I so but anyway okay so Speaking of falling in love, because I'm trying to find a good segue, um, what do we think of the B plot of this episode with Piper and Phoebe casting the love spell? And the spell to attract the lover. You, you mean their personal game spell? <laughs> Why was that spell in the Book of Shadows? It, it, I wrote that, and then it was funny because Piper, it, when they're in the kitchen and Prue finds out about what they're doing, Piper's like, all these all these spells are in the book for a reason, right? So that must mean and I was like, that does make sense. Like if I was them, I would think logically, because this is in the book, it must be okay for me to use this. It would never occur to me that this is some kind of personal game because I mean, why is it in the book? Right. I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even have thought about it. It's kind of like with the truth spell. Mm-hmm. Like, like the book slash grounds basically pressured her into <laughs> casting the truth spell, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it was like, oh yeah, you got these consequences because it was a personal game. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I tried to walk away, and, <laughs> and the page opened back up and pulled me back. So what else was I supposed to do? Hmm. Hmm. And it's 
it's so weird because it's like I feel like this is yet another reason why I could not personally be a good witch in this universe because please explain to me in like the most basic dumb terms why you're giving me access to magic and then letting me use it to teach me a lesson that's crazy right that makes no yep. sense and i just i'm like girl mm -mm, hang it up it's like y'all are kind of like the villain yeah yes, yes. because like, like you're if playing you... with me because like if you wanted someone to just you know like fight evil and why don't you get some white lighters to do it mm -hmm. like why can't i just enjoy my life mm -hmm. demon free Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm mhm. And it's it's just it doesn't make any sense to me. It like it's there. You're tell you apparently one of their ancestors wrote it and they're like girl this is going to teach them real good about um about personal gain. Like it it feels like they're set up. <laughs> and then like what if <laughs> That's I mean that's what it feels like. It feels like what's the point? And then you know, what if Phoebe had been by herself or something and, you know, that man, you know, somebody had tried to hurt her. Like, then what? What if Piper wasn't there to freeze them? What was the game plan? Magic was just right. like, girl, I mean, you did it to yourself. I don't know what to say. Well, when you, when you think about it, like, think about when they sent them to the future, when they burned Phoebe up. They couldn't just tell her that lesson. <laughs> they had to go and burn her up at the stake and let her actually get burned to a crisp to learn a lesson. It had to be an easier her, way. And let her come to the conclusion that she needed to get burned at the stake. That's what's even worse. <laughs> yeah. What like, even worse. Like, what did she did connect those dots? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because my girl Prue really was about to kill everybody up in that jail, though. She really was. Uh -huh. she was. She's gonna murder everybody. You know what's funny about that episode, though, is that Phoebe, who is usually smart and can kind of like navigate a situation, but the fact that she like was like, I mean, what I did wasn't that bad, right? And I was like, Phoebe, shut up, shut up, shut up man. Like, she, why she would she was a lot with Leo? And he was like, you know, you're in here for murder, right? Right. <laughs> it's like, why would you? I wouldn't have even said anything. I would have been like, girl, what, like, what happened? Like, I wouldn't try to downplay it because clearly you're in jail. So I'm going to assume it was something big. And she's just like, I mean, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you're on death row, see? Like, my love, you're about to get burned at the stake in five minutes. Come on. <laughs> you said what? I said, do you think you in here for jaywalking, sis? Come on, come on. All right, like be for real, ma'am. Be for real, like be for real, please. I'm just like it. Just it sends me because they they really had to beg through mm -hmm. not to commit mass murder. Mm -hmm. But what if she did I'm though? Just like wow, y'all were gonna write in here that she was. <laughs> what was gonna be the consequence? Like what would have happened she if Prue murdered everyone? And you know they got Phoebe, 
Because there wasn't no spell <laughs> for them to go back home. Mm-hmm. And, I don't think they get to go and back the elders, home. <laughs> and then the elders wasn't going to bring them back if they didn't learn that lesson. So, like, <laughs> what, like what would it be your end game? It'd be like right. probably one of those deja vu all over again days that they live the same day over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, every their every day prove murder more and more people. And, and I, feel like, I feel like especially because season two Prue was just ready to kill, she would have been like, okay, so I only killed two people last time. Now I'm gonna kill five and see what happens. Like Prue, no. They'd be like Prue, so kill people. Could you walk in the room and and just start murdering people? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she wasn't astro because if she was astro projecting at that point, could you imagine her murdering people, multiple people at once? Ooh, Lord Jesus, just literally Jack the Ripper, Jack Jack hit the Ripper. (laughs) Phoebe was like, "Prove, please, please put your hand down, please." (laughs) I can imagine. I can imagine, like, after, like, the 50th day, uh, Piper will, like, wake up on the couch, turn the TV on, <laughs> she see, like, a whole country gone, because <laughs> Prue didn't even stop by, didn't even stop by the manager to get Piper, she just started murdering folks. Just went to town. Just went, she went to town. She went to one of her international Buckland locations and started murdering in that country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm telling you, it is hilarious. And, and you know, another thing that I think is funny about Piper and Phoebe doing this this episode is knowing that Piper and Paige do. I mean, not Piper, Phoebe and Paige do it for Piper in season six. So it's like, yeah. if, if between mm-hmm. seasons one and six, Phoebe is like, I remember a lesson about personal gain, but I don't remember what it was. And like when Piper's like. <laughs> You should know better than this. You would think that she would be like, you that would have been a good moment for Phoebe to be like, girl, remember when we tried to uh get the men with their spell? And she was like, shush, you know, and whatever. And Paige is like, mm-hmm, see, you're not you're not as responsible as you try. Like that could have been a cute little sister moment, but instead it was like, why you got Phoebe still again leading the charge in something like that? Like, oh, get my girl. She hasn't grown at all. None. At all. <laughs> And what gets me is it was like like, like that episode right after oh no, two episodes later, I think. I can't remember the other, but like she did the smart spell. It was like no personal gain. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't think magic works like that. You can't just say no personal gain. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like you can't and, uh, phrase in there and then everything is gonna be all right. Yeah. And then Piper uh, you know, in the three faces of Phoebe, uh, oh. Piper was like, oh, well, you know how to word it so there's no personal gain. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's the it's intention. It's the intention behind the spell, my guy. Like, come on. And it's like, this episode, again, I was shocked at Prue's response because Prue didn't care. She initially was kind of like, Y'all are doing what? And then it was like, girl, I listen. She was like, I got other stuff going on. If y- y'all cast, yeah. and she, they were like, we were hoping you would join us. And she was like, no, thank you. I'm gonna go watch QVC. Like, 
was like, what are we doing? What is happening? Like, why do I remember Prue being like the, no, man, we're not doing that person. And then this episode, and when Phoebe was abusing her powers for gain, for personal gain and money, it, Prue again was like, oh, well, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Thank you for the thought. I was like, what? <sighs> you know, I, she had a job. She's trying to deal with her own relationship. She was worn down. Yeah, she can't, uh, she can't be going. She can't deal with them every episode. Mm -hmm. I do kind of think this is a good because even Prue like did her own personal gain stuff in the first season. Like even the the power to uh, the spell to multiply her powers and whatever else. Like I don't think that was uh -huh. necessarily, but you know it was kind of like she didn't know what was gonna happen. She just did it. So they were all kind of toying with magic to a certain extent. Even the truth spell, you know, even though she got you know peer pressure into it but it's i think that this is a good example of like going back and watching this, this is a good example of my thought process now i'm not saying it's true but that they the show kind of picked a character trait for everyone it like later on and then just like amplified it and i think prue is the first one we see kind of like turn into that because prue truly didn't care like when she she was initially kind of like disturbed and then she was like girl let me go eat my broccoli and y'all do whatever you <laughs> and oh I'm, i knew the broccoli was gonna make her appearance <laughs> you know i'm bringing that broccoli up whenever i can see i you know we already passed the episode so i gotta find a way to sneak it in and so <laughs> i feel like i feel like season three specifically is when they took that Prue is the oldest she's the most reliable the most responsible whatever I think they took that and they inflated it times a thousand and yeah. because if you just watch this season you would be like she fusses but I mean okay, whatever do what you gonna do yeah you know what and part of that comes because she couldn't escape to work like you know, she had that photography gig, but she was home a lot more. That's a good point. That is a very, very good point. She had more time to, like, actually think about it and focus. And I think another big difference between season one and season three is that there was a specific threat. Like, mm -hmm. even though, it, you know, they were still throwing kind of, like, random-ish demons at us, there was still like there was Belthazar, there was the source, there was the triad, like there was something coming after them and they had a name to it. Whereas mm -hmm. one, it was just kind of like demons gotta turn their fingers in the keys to get in the house. Uh, uh there was no looming threat. There was no looming threat, you know, people sending you drinks and getting mad because you sent it back. You know, I mean like there, there was no need for her to be Miss Military Lady like she was in season three. Yeah, cause yeah, especially like in the first season, like the demons weren't really after them like that. They would more come across them rather than them being like specific targets. Yeah. Like they would come across them and then the ones that were after them typically were after the book. Or their powers. Mm -hmm. And so it was like mm -hmm. they were just sort of almost nuisances or in the way. Like they they would own things standing between them and getting their powers or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, uh, and I, I think by season three as well, they're the charmed ones. 
Whereas in season yeah. it was like some of the demons knew they were the charmed ones. Some of them didn't. It, it was a toss up. You know, whereas like you get a show like Buffy. And I know we do a lot of Buffy and charmed comparisons, but I think that's a good thing because I think people try to compare them where they really weren't in the same league. They were in the same category, but not the same league. Um, yeah. Because like Buffy from day one was the Slayer. Like mm-hmm. they knew who Buffy was. Her identity was known. Like even if you didn't necessarily know that Buffy was the current incarnation of the Slayer, you knew that the Slayer was somewhere. You like when they fought her, they'd be like, oh, I'm fighting the Slayer. You know, and so she had that reputation that preceded her, whereas them, you would run into a lot of demons who would just call them witches. The witches. Mm-hmm. There was a witch there. There were witches there. And so, you know, until you kind of find out that they're the charmed ones, unless you already knew beforehand, it's kind of like, I can probably handle a witch or two. Like, I think about yeah. um, Andrus, and the, like, he was hot. When he found out that Belthazar wanted him to turn sisters against each other, he was like, I've turned nations against each other on my entire war start. And I was like, I was like, first off, sir, you're at about a 10, and I need you to bring it down to about a four. But, um, and he looked like his breath stank, but that's not good. Um, but you know, even with that, then when he finds out that the charm ones, he's like, "You said they were witches." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't signed up for this. Yeah, he was like, he was like, "You told me that they were witches. You didn't say they were the charmed ones." And so it's like, by that time, there's a dis. I mean, even I feel like in season one, demons were scared of the charm. But not like I don't want to like I think about the shapeshifters. I go back to them so much because they were so fun, and like the fact that these very I'm going to say low level demons were that invested and were just like these aren't school witches we're fighting. And at first I was like that's so cool that he knows that they're the charmers, and then I'm like these are low level demons that are going after the charmers, and it's like they weren't cared like even later on you had higher level demons who knew that they had to approach the charmed ones a certain way but i feel like that was the uh, the reputation that they had you know like built because i think in season one it was like even if you knew who the charmed ones were they hadn't been in the world there was no precedent for like how talented they would be as witches or you just knew that they were powerful but you don't know how powerful and I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I did a lot of talking about that, and I'm sorry. Let me be quiet. Well, well, you know, what I think cemented their reputation is when they supposedly vanquished Belthazar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you took out this uh, upper-level demon, like, like, basically in the sources, in a circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like and then when they and that, and then when they took out the source, yeah, the first time, yeah, it was like, yeah. oh, okay, these girls are they're something. They are the moment, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like? Do y'all feel like maybe? And I'm gonna say this, and then we can kind of get back to what we were discussing. But do you think that 
um them thwarting the um apocalypse and apocalypse not made the source look at them different the only but i i think the reason i'm asking about that one particularly is that they didn't necessarily do anything like magically as the charmed ones but because mm -hmm. they made the decision to put the greater good before their sisterhood do you think the source was like this these are some witches i need to watch out for well i think so because like because they did like prevent the apocalypse like that's a big thing that's true that is very very true that is a huge yeah. Yeah, and they did I, it without one sister, pretty much. Yeah. Because I almost feel like I almost feel like that moment could have been a make or break for the source. And if I'm being 100% honest, I kind of think he played the wrong hand. Like, I know he couldn't go forward with the apocalypse without um, the fourth one, but he temporarily at least had gotten rid of a charmed one and yeah. you know they may or may not have had the power to bring him back so bring her back so what I would have done mm -hmm. personally I would have just vanquished the three horsemen that were left you know and then yeah gone for Recruit some new ones. Yeah. but then I also wonder especially because it never came back up but then I also wonder if the one that was with Prue if his powers would have been able to transfer over if he was still oh, yeah. alive. So he might have just been like playing his best hand. And then why was the source in charge of stuff like that? Because he didn't seem like he was doing a great job. <laughs> that seemed like they just kind of threw that in there. Like to no, play. it wasn't executed well at all. Mm -mm. No, it was a dumb get... plan. Like, yeah, but, that was such a big thing to introduce and then not do anything else with it ever again. Right. Like, that could have been like yeah. a season eight thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They really could have brought the Four Horsemen back in season eight and been like, you know... Uh, I, I love or a new body. The place, the place they were working at. We could have expanded on that a little bit more. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. There's a lot of rich information we could have got from that little... I call it like their little newsroom with their working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was so much they did. I just that they could have done with that, but they they didn't. So and it's kind of like, you know, taking this back to Piper and Phoebe. It's like, I don't know how I'm gonna segue back into this, so I'm just gonna do it. Um, but Piper and Phoebe <laughs> it's fun watching Piper and Phoebe have like fun with magic this early. Um, and the yeah. reason I think I was going to try to segue back into them was I was thinking how Phoebe is the one who thwarted that <clears throat> because of her premonition. And then in this this episode, we see her having like so much fun with magic and really wanting to explore what it can do. And it's 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 nice to see that like even a season later, she already has this really intense understanding of how their magical choices can affect the world. So just that, you know, yeah. progression from season one to season two is interesting.